Al-Bayan Radio presents the following program, asking Allah that it serves as a benefit for all. Bismillah, alhamdulillah, wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa amnu ala. Assalamu alaikum dear brothers and sisters and welcome to Al-Bayan Live. I'm your host Abu Abdurrahman and I'm very pleased to be joined by my dear beloved brother Sheikh Mahmoud Al-Zahbi. Assalamu alaikum Sheikh. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. How are you today? Alhamdulillah, I'm beautiful. By the grace of Allah, how are you? Alhamdulillah, I'm, I'm quite good. It's been a while, hasn't it? Yes, it has. Subhanallah, it's a pleasure being again. Pleasure is all ours. Allah barakatuh, ya Rabb. Now, um, uh, we'd like to welcome all our viewers and all our listeners, wherever you may be watching on uh, Al-Bayan Radio YouTube channel or ASWJ Australia channel. And now, Sheikh Mahmoud, you're a teacher. Is that right? That's correct. Um, alhamdulillah, graduated from uh, Medina. Been there for about seven and a half years. Alhamdulillah. For which, the which faculty did you study in? Faculty of Sharia. Excellent. Alhamdulillah. Um, after that, settled in. Alhamdulillah. Worked here and there. Um, and then uh, finally found myself uh, a job in an Islamic school, which is a dream of every teacher and every person that is serious about raising this generation, especially in the Muslim uh, community. Very important role. So you, you're a, um, you, you teach Islamic studies, Quran at the school? Yes, I teach Islamic studies and the Quran. Alhamdulillah. Uh, especially the high school. I also taught the primary, uh, mainly the high school for now. What's the main difference you find between the primary and the high school? Uh, first and foremost, um, the, the, the age bar- bar- bracket, the age difference between the primary the primary, it's more like a foundational type of teaching where you're going to go back to the scratch, you know, um, teaching the kids uh, the pillars of Islam and, and then going back to the Aqidah. Uh, high school is more a bit of a challenge. You know, um, the, you have a mix. You have, a, you have students that have uh, fallen short behind. They didn't get the, they, they weren't equipped uh, with the foundations of Islam, you got to try and summarize and trying to uh, get that quickly as soon as possible before they get into other issues. That's why sometimes with our curriculum and the content that we do provide, we got to try and break it down that um, suits uh, all, all, all calibers of uh, of the of the class. Allah uh, understand because especially in today's day and age where we find. Uh, Students reach the age of 13 or 14 or 15 still find find it very difficult to explain who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is. And going back to the original creed, yani, 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 this is part of the fitrah. Yani, a child, when he's like the age of six or seven, eight-year-old, yani, it should be embedded in them while they're growing. And you'll find if they don't have this uh, this creed engraved in their hearts at a young age, becomes very difficult it's like when a person gets older mature and has their brain complete it's like trying to revert a non-muslim to islam and yeah, sometimes you, know, you get students reach probably in the e10 or 11 uh, still confused what the pillars of islam are and still confused what is qadr yeah, and, and, and ha- having this islam as a doctrine and uh, as a guide uh, Allah understand now, now Sheikh before we move on I'd, I'd like to ask you a question you studied in, in the blessed city of the Prophet ﷺ at the very prestigious Islamic University of uh, of Medina. Yeah. And you had many 
excellent teachers. May Allah bless them and have mercy upon those who have passed away, as we have seen a few of them pass away recently, subhanAllah. Amen. Allah have mercy upon them. Amen. What are some of the, the skills you learned from your teachers there, which you have used in your teaching today, especially high school students? First and foremost, um, the teachers there, they differ. You know, depending on subhanAllah, the, what angle the, the, does a teacher take teaching and uh, educating you know, the, the people? Is it a da'wah wise or is it just a, a curriculum that has to finish? You find, mashallah, the, the mashaykh that have, uh, have acceptance and you have a lot of students rushing to them. They have this da'wah type, tarbiyah type. You know, they, they are raising. And as they go, as they're teaching, they are picking up on things and teaching the students. You know, subhanAllah, of course, they're all adults. You know, things that like uh, sometimes we tend to forget. You know, sometimes there are things like, uh, masalan, the, uh, a student will sneeze in class. The sheikh will say to him, do you say alhamdulillah? He's an adult, probably 25, 26. He's got a beard. He probably forgets. And as he moves, you know, you say, Assalamu alaikum, you know, why'd you come late? You know, what, you know then he'll start, and it's a, more of an interactive type of teaching, and it's dawah, dawah based. You know, uh, I met other people from, uh, from other like uh, universities where the teacher comes in, uh, gives the lecture and walks out. He has nothing to do with the students. Yeah. Has nothing to do with the. You know, if he sees a mistake happening, you know, the, the, this, the, that's the difference between Islam and you know and 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 the, and the Sharia type of uh, teaching. Education. Murabbi, in other words. Murabbi, of course, of course. You have to be a murabbi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whether you like it or not, if you're going to be teaching Islam, and you have this knowledge, you have to be a murabbi. Someone who nurtures, of course, their students, and, and, and in your case, the, the, the you know the younger teenagers and even younger the children, like, like a parent basically, a father of figure. Of course, and especially adabiyat, the etiquettes, the manners. Yani, we never benefit a lot from the Surah Mashaykh except the ones who had a lot of adab. Hundred percent. Now, just with the actions, raising the mushaf, and just you know, um, for example. One student asked a, uh, one of the mashaykh a, a question. He says, uh, Masalan, uh, Ibn Taymiyyah, rahimahullah, says this, 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 this. And he goes, who's Ibn Taymiyyah? Is he a student in your class? Is he your friend? You say, Shaykh al-Islam, Imam Ibn Taymiyyah. You, know, you have respect and honor, you know, and, and you raise those, you know, the, the people, that, the carriers of, of religion. And this is where it starts. And, if, and subhanAllah, the, the, the lack of, Manners, etiquettes, respect, and honoring anything that has to do with Islam breaks down our religion, and at the end, eventually, we start losing the taste, you know, and the imaniyat of this religion, which is the soul of our ibadat. And then it becomes like, you know, religion is generally in the West today something to be made fun of, something that only the, 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 these people do or those people do. That's why as Muslims, we have to raise anything, as you said, Barakallah Fiqh, to do with Islam. Exactly, exactly. For example, honoring the symbols of Islam. 100%. Any, anything to do with Islam. Any, any, for example, uh, masalan, uh, you see anything that has the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We need, we need to teach, the, especially the young ones, this, this, is, this is Allah's name. Pick it up. Remove it. Raise this, you know, put your leg down. All of this... The, this generation, the later generation, have started to lose 
and once we lose the adab you know of our deen and the and how you going to engrave or what's it called or um, instill iman in their hearts or the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala you know that's why they're going to see the hijab as just a piece of cloth on their head or the salat is just the actions they do on set times mm-hmm. there's no soul for the ibadah if there is no manners and the manners start with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala they don't start they're not only with the people, the common, saying thank you and hi, how are you, and please. This is the basics. This is not. That's not what ibadat. That's what the adab uh, starts with. Uh, it starts with Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, knowing who Allah. That's why Ibn Abdullah Masood radiAllahu anhu said, uh, "You don't look at the, the 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 size of the sin. You look at the greatness of who you're sinning towards." That's where that's where the adab comes with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Anything that is linked with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you straight away have manners with. And that's where it comes, that's where it starts. Yeah. Now, Sheikh Mahmoud, after this brief introduction, our topic today, since it's the school holidays and since Barakallah Fiq, you're a Sheikh and teacher at an Islamic school, and you touched upon parenting, our main topic for this discussion on a day on live is the school holidays. And parenting. It's a huge topic. We're not going to be able to cover it in 30 to 45 minutes. But where do we start so we can benefit? Okay, first and foremost, um, as parents, we need to first and foremost uh, uh, have a foundational trust between your child and yourself. Yani if, if you haven't placed this trust you know, and them listening to you, you know, and you being the role model, you can go nowhere. And yeah, and this starts by, for example, at the beginning, of course, by choosing the right spouse, as the scholars they mentioned. You know, choosing a a person that is upon deen, you know, and the honors and has manners, you know, and an akhlaq, you know. And once this is established, uh, the rest becomes easy. Well, why why are student why are kids today rebelling against their parents? Why? Because the, the 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 parents are not there, the kids are at home, at at the age of you know four, five, or six. So even younger, when the kid cries, halas iPad, YouTube, YouTube is raising the kids, and then when you want to come and start addressing the children, stop this, pray here, you know, read this Quran, put the hijab on, you haven't built this trust. You haven't built this role model that you, you know, that you that you want them to listen to, you know. And Allah Musta'an, today's day and age, we have reached to a stage where we have to try and convince kids with their Islam more than non-Muslims with, you know, with this with Islam. Any, 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 any. For example, we're just talking recent just before we started. Any parents send their kids to Islamic schools, and they send the kids to um, Quran. Uh, institutes and colleges, and they retire from parenting. Halas, they, s- they sit back up. Halas, I know the school raises. Do you know how many non-Muslim teachers are in schools and teaching your child? And you know, you know what friends are your 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 kid is going to. And when when there's a problem happening and the teacher calls the parents, uh, and this is one of the most poisonous things, is when the parents back. The students, when the students or the kid is in the wrong, it happens a lot. And especially when it comes to things like uh, etiquettes, like cheating or lying or you know being disruptive or you know this is this is the worst thing a parent can do. 
is to defend their child, especially when it comes to ethics like that. Especially when they're in the wrong. Of course, they're going to rebel. Yani at home, we need to build this foundation where they long to go home. This atmosphere. And first and foremost, by removing the shayateen and removing anything that displeases Allah. Let's just stay there for a bit. You mentioned there the home. What can we do to make our home more of an Islamic environment, uh, an environment of tranquility, peace, nurturing, tarbiyah, discipline, education? What can we do? Where do we start? This first and foremost is the father figure being established in the home. And the respect of the parents to one another. The respect of the father to the mother and the mother to the father. This way it starts. When, when this is not done, how are the parents going to, how are the kids going to find a tranquil home? And when there is taqwallah, when there's iman billah subhanahu wa ta'ala, no matter what problems happen, there's always justice going to be implemented either from the father or the mother because there is deen. And as we know, the hadith of the Prophet if you want to go look for a, uh, a, a woman for marriage, you know, a, marriage is, a woman is married for her beauty or for her wealth or for her lineage and for her religion and choose the one with the religion. So save your hands and save your deen because everything will go. And at home, first and foremost, finding a home you know, where there is no ma'asi. The father or the mother do not... Uh, displease Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or anger Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with ma'asi and especially open open singing in front of the children exactly yeah. exactly the screens the screens today Allah musta'an yani the moment that something that's explicit or something that is bad that comes across on a TV and the father does not say something if that's it. You've, you've, you've fallen into the trap. It becomes normalized after becomes a while. Normal. Exactly. They become desensitized. Exactly. From the it, okay, you're watching a movie. You're watching a movie. Watch a movie. Okay. Just the action of the father, for example, switching the channel. This shows the child that this is not okay. Because everything that the parents do, it means it's correct. It's okay to do. Whether we know it or whether we like it or not. And how many kids do things where they don't they don't understand why they're doing it because their parents have never said nothing. Just for example, the hijab. You know, if the you know, the, the the young girl she watches her mother, you know, her mother's hair coming out, you know, or, or she, the way she's acting in the hijab. If the mother does not do anything about it, the woman the the the, the young daughter will follow through. And this is where, going back to the home, the home first and foremost, uh, 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 what's it called? Establishing the manners first. And dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala must be always at home. Uh, Sheikh uh, Mahmoud, you, st- you mentioned before the, the manners with Allah first. Now where do we start there? Let's just, if we could just briefly touch upon how do we have manners with Allah? Okay, understanding who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala first is. He's our creator. The all-powerful. The all-watcher. You know, everything that is linked with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the more knowledge we have with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the more we'll be serious and we're raised in anything that is related to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And after that, that's why understanding that He is the watcher, that's, that, that is the most 
Uh, and, he, and one of the first things that a Muslim should understand, wherever you are, you can, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala watch you. Now, how, how dare anyone sin against Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the one that your heartbeat is under his control and the circulation of the blood is in his hands. You can't take the first breath in the morning without Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's permission. Your eye blink in the morning. The first you know, blink of an eye is with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's um, uh, with, with, his, with his permission. How could someone do that? And once this is established, this is, this is the beauty about Islam. Islam gives us principles. Principles, and then we base everything our lives upon these principles. Like hijab. Why did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala call the hijab a hijab? A barrier. A secured protection. That's what it's called. It didn't call it a scarf or a head cover. It's a hijab. You know, you know, whatever you understand, whatever how much taqwa you have in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you apply it. That's where it starts. One of the people came to one of the scholars and he says to him, uh, uh, Imam, I want to sin. I want to sin. You know, I want to start committing sin. Because of course he can. And, the, and this man was shocked. How could you allow me sin? He goes, of course he can, but on three conditions. First and foremost, if you want to sin, go look for a place where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can't see you. He goes, oh, wherever I go, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can see me. No, I can't. Okay. The second condition, he says, go look for a land that is not owned by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and go sin there. How could you sin and cause mischief on a land that is owned by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? You know, when a visitor comes to your place... You expect this villa to have manners and you know and to and to follow through you know with the etiquettes of the house. You don't ex- expect this person to run amok in the house. And this is your this is your kingdom. That's your you own this place. And he goes, I can't. He goes, okay. You can sin on the condition that you don't you dare enjoy the blessings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Do not eat from the blessings of Allah. How could you do go cause wrong and, and, and anger Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala at the same time you want to enjoy his blessings? That's not fair. That means you don't sin. The greatness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is too, too vast for you to even think of sinning. Allah musta'ala. This is where it starts taking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala seriously wherever you are. This is the problem that many Muslims have. Unfortunately, Islam is not a religion where we just practice and just put on the side and just responsibilities. We have to carry on. You have to live through Islam whether you like it or not. It's a way you of have life. to submit. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Except the one that submits to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And what is worship? Worship is submission. When kids, when the parents send their Children to to Islamic schools, you know, and and خلاص, you know, it, it's a duty, you know, and 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 the, and, the, and the parents they have no time to sit down with their kids, you know, and once their kids get older, you know, and they're, they're trying to, you know, and the kids fall into problems and situations where they start running from one sheikh to another. How is that problem going to be fixed? The 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 root from the beginning. The seed was not planted perfectly. When a young girl is raised uncovering, you know, and she gets older, she uncovers, no one tells her nothing about covering. And she grows with this. 
then all of a sudden, the parent or the father or the mother want to say, you have to put the hijab on now. How could you force? Islam is a clothing. You know, it's something that you have to live through you know, in order to practice and to implement. It's not something where you just put a dress on and that's it, you take it off whenever you want. This is where the issue is. Understanding that Islam is submission. And you know, that we submit whether we understand the rulings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, whether we don't. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the Prophet says that the woman does not travel you know, except with a mahram. You can be the most fittest woman on the face of the earth. You can be the most strongest woman. You can take, we're not talking about whether you can or not. Of course, there are rules and there are differences of opinions. But there's something called obedience to Allah. There's something called you know, submitting to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala whether you understand or not. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala warned Adam alayhi salam to not eat from the tree, where was this tree? It was in paradise, in Jannah. And is there anything evil in paradise? Is there anything bad or, or, or that, that is, that is, that is uh, that's opposite, you know, the, the good in paradise except what is pure? This is this is where it comes down. It's a it's a it's a it's a it's a a, a, a test of obedience more than a test. Allah Subhanahu wa Taala sometimes, you know, He will give us the wisdom through the Prophet Sallallahu but He doesn't have to. Now, why is it five daily five prayers a day? Why is Dhuhr four rakat? Why isn't it six rakat? Why isn't it three rakat? Why is it, why isn't it six six prayers a day? Sometimes we don't understand. Allah Subhanahu wa Taala is, is telling you that. You will not be able to bear, you know, the, the Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's wisdom. But all, all you need to do, all is required of you is to obey and to listen to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's commands. So, Sheikh uh, Mahmoud, we, we mentioned there, we touched upon the starting off at home, setting an Islamic uh, environment, having manners with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by obeying his commands and keeping away from the prohibitions, avoiding sin in the household. And we also touched upon... Uh, the household being based upon parents who work together for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and also a house on justice. What do you move to next in, in terms of parenting and, and, and okay. back after, to the after that, well? after that, you don't just stop there. Khalas, I've got Quran in the house, the prayers are in the house, you know, Al Bayan Radio is played. You don't just stop there. The kids are kids, they're going to be doing mistakes. If the father or the parent is not going to be always on the watch, making sure the kids are not going here and there, you know, choosing, you know, advising them, getting, getting them, you know, to, to, to be part of the family. The kids need to understand that the home is a place of tranquility where they, they leave the world outside and they go back to. It's a safe place, a place of hanan and wood, meaning love and compassion. Not where a place of like prison, you know. This is what the Western world want to create. You know, you have your own world. You know, not, your parents you know have nothing to do with you. You're free. You do whatever you want. You know, whether like, and Subhanallah, what does this create? Depression, psychological problems. You know, and in the end, they they end up committing suicide. For what? Because they want to be free. A human being does not know how to be free unless there is guidelines. Even being free outside. There are guidelines. They can't just run around the street being naked. You know? Even those 
freedom callers or the people that call for freedom, you know, the right, you know uh, they don't accept that. There's no such thing exactly. as unrestricted freedom. And the yeah. best freedom is submitting to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You want to be the best human being, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has it. You know, the best human to speak when it comes to speaking, psychological, financial, you know, social, Islam has it. And that's because, what's amazing because yeah. in, in, in Islam, we, you know, when we speak about freedom, we believe in freedom but under the guidelines and boundaries of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala exactly. and his sharia. Exactly. Look at what happens to people that have no limits because we are people, we are people, we're human beings who have a brain that sets boundaries for us. You know, you know the, the, the Western world, the non-Muslims, you know, when there's too much freedom. They, they, they can't decide. They can't. They still can't. Ha, they can't find a, a a solution for racism. They still can't find. They can't. They can't. They still don't know. They, they come to a stage where a child or you know will get older and they don't know who they are, male or female. They don't understand that this is there's a creator out there. We don't understand there's a creator out there. You know that he's the creator. He's the only one that is able to create, and and he's, this entire universe you have no control over. Look around you. And the creator who orders and prohibits. Exactly, exactly. And he commands, yeah. The owner is Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, and the ruler is Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. He's the judge and he's the king. If you're gonna be living against the rules of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, you're going to be going astray. And this reminds us of the meaning of Islam as you touched upon earlier that it's Islamu Lillahi. It's, exactly. it's submitting and surrendering to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala upon Tawheed and you know and worshipping exactly. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, keeping away from shirk. This is exactly. Islam. Exactly. Understanding understanding what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants from us. What does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from us? Uh, as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, You have doubt in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is the problem. When we start doubting Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the shaitan is going to come and start placing the baits you know, until you fall into, fall into the footsteps of his, of his until you fall in as, as one of the companions came, and the Prophet he mentioned he says and one of them one of you would be speaking to yourself and asking questions if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created this then who created Allah? Yeah, you seek refuge from the shaitan that's what the Prophet said seek refuge from the shaitan the shaitan is the most evil and the worst enemy that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has told us about. Look, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the shaitan doesn't want you to only leave and you know, do the haram. He does not want you to, um, to, to, to stop praying. He wants more than that. You stopping praying, you're going to go back. He wants to kill this iman that you have in your heart that makes you love praying. He wants you to feel comfortable in losing on prayer. He wants you to feel comfortable in sinning. He wants to feel comfortable, you know, in disobeying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What does he do? He goes to the people around you. Parents, starting from the parents. If the parent himself, the father, the mother, they don't they need to continuously fix themselves and rectify themselves. Doesn't mean khalas, you got married, that's it, you stop and your and your khalas, your life, your, you know, your, your, your education, your your seeking knowledge stops. You need to continue to learn. Understanding the, the rules of a household. How to pray in the household, you know, how the, the sleeping etiquettes, you know, istidhan, you know, take, seeking permission, and especially when the children reach the age of, you know, say, 10 or 11 or 12, you, you need to ask, you know, to teach them to seek, you know, permission when they enter upon the parents' bedroom, you know, and to separate the male and the female. This is what raises a pure society. You know, 
when 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 we say oh the worst thing that a parent can say is he's still small he's too young she's still young to wear the hijab they're still young to pray when again when are they going to start and in reality, if we see the examples in Islam, it's actually quite the opposite. You know, we see the Salaf used to get their kids used to fasting quite early. We see the exactly. Hadith of Prophet yeah. Sallallahu to start your kids praying when they're seven and discipline them by ten if they're not praying. So really, you know, this is against really the you know the Islamic way, which is to nurture the child upon obedience. Because whoever grows upon something, uh, whoever is brought up upon something, he will grow mm-hmm. old upon it. Man exactly. shay, as no. the, as the uh, parable goes. And, and, and the, the, the another issue, another issue where, 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 where today, especially 2022, where, 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 where people raise, is I don't want to force religion upon my child. I don't want to force the hijab on my, on, my, on my daughter. But you are forcing 101 things over them. You're forcing them to go to school. You're forcing them to study. You're forcing them, you know, to you know, to wear the uniform and to go and to, and to do the, get the high grades. To eat the vegetables and, and to eat and to <laughs> eat healthy and to do all of this. You're forcing them. You're making them wake up for school. You know, you're screaming out loud. You go, you go study in your room. When it comes to the HSC, when it comes to religion, which is the the thing that that saves them. You're too, you know, you're khalas, you know, we say, oh, we don't want to force it. This is one of the weakest arguments I've heard, actually. Because in reality, like, if someone, for example, is a medical profession, professional, he's a doctor, she's a nurse, she's a doctor, and they have a passion for her, and they see it as the best job, and, you know, it's a prestigious job, yeah. what will they do when the kid's young? They will try all they can to instill in the child the love of being a medical professional, the love of wanting to be like their father and mother, and then you come to Islam and say, oh, I don't want to force anything upon them. Uh, if you know what is best for the child, what is best for you, then you know what is the best for your child, and it's Islam. And this is, this is, this is what, you know, what type of kids are we producing? What type of generation? When the priorities are not set correct, when Islam is the umbrella, uh, uh, um, and yeah. Uh, Sheikh um, Nidal, yani, yani today, yani, if, if, if you go to any school, yani, come to any, any class, I'll give you anything if you can pick out five Muslim names. Five Muslim names, Fatima, or Ruqayya, or, or Khalid, or Omar. The, the, the Islam isn't, like, you know, the, the, the priority of, you know, the understanding of Islam to the parents is not the correct understanding. And Islam is everything. You know, sometimes you get people say, oh, does Islam have to be involved in everything? Yes, it has. See that? that it does. That, that. It, like naming your child a Muslim name and teaching them to say, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, and this dilemma of saying salams, jazaks, or mandrisho, this, this destroys the Muslim identity. Yani, 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 what has destroyed this? And subhanAllah, and you see, uh, you know, Masha'Allah, he's 14, 15, say 16 years old. Masha'Allah, he's tall. Walks in, masalan, into the male staff room. Does not know how to knock. Does not know how to seek permission. Walk, and, 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 like entering, and, 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 subhanAllah. And, and, and the problem is, Shaykh uh, Nidal, the problem is, is when we, when we address those issues to the kids or to the parents, they they have no idea that this is something wrong, and they, they find that justification. This is where the problem is. 
where the child he's he's he has come to a stage in this day there's an age where he's never heard the word no you're not allowed to do this or this is wrong no well i know when, when, I, when a student asks me oh can i go to the bathroom i oh, know this child is a troublemaker i say no because why sheikh you know, i have to go because oh, i know and, 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 and if, if he has to win he argues talking back there's no there's no adab no priorities no no respect yani, 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 to, to the teacher nor to and this is not just one or two it's become a common and and the parents that think they've done a good job by sending your kids to the Islamic schools this, this is who your kids are learning from they're going to learn from other kids if you don't establish something at home to follow up with your kids who their friends are when they speak something anything that has relation to kufr or to anything that displeases Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make a big deal out of it the same way they make big, big deal out of when your you know when, you, when your child fails an exam when 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 when, uh, when your when your son or daughter you know misses out on prayer you make a big deal out of it and then the prophet said some people might consider this as extreme when uh, not the Prophet uh, there's a saying where one of the scholars that um, uh, hang the salt, hanging the salt, you know, meaning the stick or the whip in the house is enough to discipline the child. You're not using it, but just hanging it, saying if you do something, look, there's a stick there waiting for you. You know, there are always the same way that psychologists you know, come up with disciplinary systems and 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 and, and, and things on and how to you know, and, uh, discipline a child. Islam has the best, and, 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 and we need to raise children that they themselves fear Allah Subhanahu wa Taala when they're even alone. And Subhanallah, you know, and, 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 and this is what Islam wants. Islam isn't only knowledge education and just things taught and fed and that's it you move on it's something they live with and subhanallah you know you see like a, a young child opening the tap full blast you know and, and doing wudu rushing yeah no one has taught him this this child the blessing of water this blessing that comes from allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to you know to 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 loose down the you know the tap you know understand this is a blessing you know all of this it's not going to be taught at schools. It's not going to be taught outside if the parents don't teach it. And where are they going to find those small little adabiyat and akhlaqiyat that go for a, go, to, no, go, go, go a long way with the child? And now where are they going to find that? Now, Sheikh Mahmoud, yeah. we spoke there uh, about making the house a sanctuary uh, based on the foundations of Islam. We also touched upon the importance of having a purpose. You know, our purpose in life is to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's no. why we're here. No. That's why everything revolves around Islam and we should keep away from the argument that uh, why is Islam in everything. Uh, once you know that Islam is your way of life, it's your purpose of your life, everything should be in accordance with this purpose. And we also spoke about manners. Manners with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Manners with the Prophet sallallahu by obeying his sunnah. No. Manners with uh, other creation by following Islam. Uh, and implementing the manners, you know, even you mentioned their water, not being extravagant in using water. Mm-hmm. Don't waste water. Do wudu correctly. So there's manners uh, uh, all taken from our way of life. Now, where do we move to next? You know, do we want to touch upon you know school holidays now? What are some of the things or the tips okay. we can do to you know to you know to implement these things, especially in these blessed days 
and more free time and, yeah. and joyous occasions coming up as well. Okay, yeah, so, so, so especially the school holidays. And, and yeah, during school days, you know, throughout the term, uh, the parents are away from their children. You know, the parents are at work, busy, and yeah, and, and and the child, you know, he's got no, uh, he's got no place to go to, especially when it comes to school schooling. Now is the time to build up this relationship and to start fixing up anything. Bring the, the scholars, the advice to bring the entire family and to ask for their opinion and to get them to share their problems. And, it, and it today, every every child, well, every child, most families, every child is living in his own world. He's, you know, he comes. He comes. He participates in the family, you know, and you know, chores and and you know, and and the rituals, you know. And he goes back to his bubble, mm. and he's got nothing. No, no. He doesn't doesn't want to have anything to do with his father and mother. Can we just stop yeah. there, Sheikh Mahmoud? Maybe you know some advice here on that because I, we're all witnessing this. You know, everyone wants to be more of an individual. Give me my tablet, my phone. I'm going to my room. You know. Um, and Islam, subhanAllah, we have the five daily prayers. Obviously, the male, the males in the house yeah. should pray in the masjid. But if you are at home, you pray together. Of yeah. course, uh, of course. Eating together. Of course. You know what I mean? Having occasions where you sit together and communicate at least daily. And making a deal, making a big thing, you know. If he misses out on, you know, on, on, on the dinner together in the family, you know. And the father figure, the father figure in the house, the father on his phone, you know, the father on the TV. Uh, the, uh, and the mother also following through with the father. Sure. And if, you know, if there are two opposite ends, sometimes you know, when the father, for example, one of them is religious, the other one is a little bit. One, one commands them to pray, and the other one doesn't. And it, this is a this is a catastrophe. You know, where where where, where both parents have to come together into come bringing yeah. in the children and to to put this foundation down. You know. Where where uh, Allah must stand today, uh, try, 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 trying to convince a child to pray, try telling them, you know, you need to pray. He'll come and pray with you, but there's dryness. There's no, there's no darabiyah from the beginning. Raising this child, you know, and we don't have to have knowledge. You know, just, just, just honor. You know, you know what, what, why the scholars, most of them mentioned. I studied, you know, I, 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 I what's it called? I rectified my knee for twenty years. I, I studied adab for like twenty or thirty years only. You know, all of this about adab and etiquette. This is where it comes down to. Why didn't you pray? Why did you miss out on prayer? Stop here. Come here. Stop. Turn off the TV. Go pray. Even starting yeah. your day, you, you know, you know the example yeah. of get up for like you know many parents. You got to get up for school. No, you got to get up for fajr first. Of course, of this course. starts your, the day your, in your, on the right your, way. Your day does not look. Hatta Allah Subhanahu wa Taala has laid out your, uh, your 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 schedule for the day. Allah Subhanahu wa Taala the, the the moment that you open your eyes, He wants you to praise Him. The first thing you utter on His mouth is Alhamdulillah. You know, praise be to Allah. You know, and Subhanallah, you want to look talk about. Uh, uh, what's it called? The health side or the, or the, or the psychological side. The when is Fajr? Fajr is just before sunrise. And the, the, and he, and he, subhanallah, some of the scholars they extracted this, uh, you know, this benefit where your body is being in darkness for like what, say eight nine hours, whatever, you know. And then and and subhanallah, uh, Fajr you wake up just before just before uh, sunrise. By the time you wake up. And by the time you make wudu, 
And by the time you pray, the sun is rising with you. You are rising with the sun. Your body is slowly getting adapted to the light and, and, and your mind is slowly functioning and waking up. You know, and many ask me doctors, they say most heart attacks happen early in the morning. Eight or nine o'clock. Eight, eight, eight a.m. or nine o'clock. Why? Because we sleep too. You know, when the sun rises, we wake up straight away, coffee, hit straight to work. You know, the the, the body is in a shock. You know, and so power, you, you know, the best way to live. You know, as we said earlier, is to follow the sunnah of the Prophet You know, he's the creator. Allah Subhanahu wa Taala is the creator. Wouldn't he know the best for our bodies? Wouldn't he know how our body works? And if you go to a, a car maker or an engineer that makes builds cars, and he, you don't question him how a car runs. You don't say, "I want to put water in the you know, instead of the petrol." You know, you don't, you don't question him. And then when it comes to Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, and then we have to question Allah Subhanahu wa Taala about each and every single thing. And once and many people, if we if we understand what Allah Subhanahu wa Taala wants from us, we would not even have anything to question about. Or is this halal or haram? Is it sunnah or is it wajib? You do what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is pleased with. Do I have to cover my knee or do I have to not cover my knee? What is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala pleased with? You want to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, a type of worship that allows you to enter paradise. Not to delay you from paradise, not to do the bare minimum. Unfortunately, most of us want to do the bare minimum. And when we do the bare minimum, what are you going to reach? And what is left of Islam if we lack slack off the Sunnah, and if we, you know, delay our prayers, and and if we miss out, you know, on certain actions of worship that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala commands us, what is left of the Deen? What is left? The Fard we slacken off with it, you know, and, and and we don't pray it properly. The Wudu is not done properly, and the Siyam is not done properly. Khalas, all of this, what is left for us to enter paradise with? This is the problem. You know, when and when I was a child, when I was younger, my father used to force us to pray the sunnah. Until I went to university, I, I'm looking, oh, the sunnah of the ratib is optional. I used to think it was fard. And it's part, look, at, look, look at the way that and I, and I, and we were raised. We, th- we thought the sunnah is a must. And if you don't pray it, our father will make a big deal out of it. And, we, and, and it becomes natural. Becomes normal, natural. The same way that your child will do the homework every time he comes back from home, he can pray. In reality, that's how the, the first few generations were. They wouldn't come and say, "Is this optional or voluntary?" Exactly. They would just do it. If it's good, they would do it. If exactly. it's authentic, they would do and it. And they, 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 they continued this action. Not saying, "Khalas, I did it once. I did it yesterday. I prayed Sunnah yesterday. Khalas, I don't have to pray today." Ayyadillahu anhu. When when he came to the Prophet and he, he he asked the Prophet to find him a servant for you know to help Fatima in the house. Now she was getting tired. The Prophet said, "Yes, I could find you a servant, but I have uh, a, 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 a remembrance that you know if you take, will give you strength, and Allah Subhanahu wa Taala will support you." And that is to say, Subhanallah, thirty-three times before you before you sleep. You know, Alhamdulillah, thirty-three times, and Allah thirty-four times. Years went by. Years went by. Abu Bakr passed away. Umar Abdullah passed away, and Uthman Affan passed away, and Ayyad Allah with his fitna, you know, with the Khawarij and the Munafiqeen, all of that. You know, one of the companions came to the Prophet to Ali Radhiallahu Anhu, and he says to Ali, "Do you remember when the Prophet told you 
that if you say subhanallah 33 times and alhamdulillah 33 times and alhamdulillah 34 times, Allah subhanahu will give you strength. Have you stopped doing that? And he goes, by Allah, I've never stopped doing it even on the night of Safin. Safin is the maker or breaker battle between the Sahaba. And it was the bread and if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not you know and uh, make the truth clear, this that they would have been gone and Islam would have been destroyed. So he's probably he stuck to the and he's even during he, this huge most, battle. Exactly. And, and he's the Amir of the Mu'minin. Even that small minute. It's a sunnah. It's, it's a sunnah. This is the problem. What is a sunnah? The first thing people say what? Most, most people say it's optional. That is the most dangerous any any word that a person person can say optional. We don't want what our children to grow up on that. Is going to Jannah optional? In reality, look look at the example that the ulama gave of of the Sunnah being like Noah's Ark. You know those who who, exactly. who, who boarded Noah's Ark, the ship of of Nuh alayhi salam, they were saved and salvaged from the great flood. Hundred percent. And the rest were, you know, they drowned. Hundred percent. That's Why? that's the Sunnah. Exactly. Why when, when, when the first thing that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala questioned us on the day of resurrection is salat. And, uh, and if it's correct, you know, all our, all our actions is correct. And, and if it's bad, and it's not correct, all our actions are bad. And if the person has mistakes in the salat, in the fard, what, 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 what's he call upon the angels to bring in to find if there are sunnah? The sunnah we need it to rectify the fard. So they fill in for the shortcomings. They fill in. The for, exactly. And all the actions are like that and, afterwards and who, as well. And who can guarantee their fard is perfect? Who can, who can who can say that they've perfected their fard? You know, to Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. And, and the story of the man that you know that worshipped Allah Subhanahu wa Taala all his life. And, and Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, He gave him the choice on the day of resurrection: Do you want to enter your jannah with your actions or with my mercy? He was too confident. Because with my actions, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala commanded him to go into hellfire. And and then he turned, Oh Allah, through your through your mercy, through your mercy. Meaning from the hadith, no matter what you do, you're still called a Bani Adam. As the Prophet says, Meaning every son of Adam is a sinner. We're going to be bound to do mistakes. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, look from his mercy, he has your back. He has given you this open dhikr and, and, and voluntary actions of worship so you can so it can back you up. You know, and what is the most beautiful remedy, you know, for our, for our mistakes except the remedy that comes from the from Allah Subhanahu wa Taala Himself? Why do you want to come and go out and say, no, um, I, I want to worship Allah Subhanahu wa Taala my way, and, and I, I want to do it the way I feel that is correct? You know, and, uh, you know Allah Subhanahu wa Taala you know, is not in need of us to bring in our, our own opinions, you know, and to, and to practice you know His own religion, you know, the way you think or the way you feel. And this is the problem. When they become back, come back to parents, you know, parents, no, 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 Islam, I want, I want them to, you know, to love Islam. I want them to hate Islam. No one is telling you. This is, this is what the shaitan does. What, what, you know, when, when, when the mashaykh told you you need to teach your daughter to wear the hijab, the shaykh doesn't mean that you are forcing the hijab upon her. You, you, the same way you make them love you know, a certain hobby or whatever, you raise it in them. Look how beautiful you look, you know, you know, in the hijab, you know, you make a big deal out of it, you don't just khalas, pass it on. And you know what I've realized, I've seen, the, this, is, this is another problem that is raised, and another raised, another issue, is when the children want Islam, 
and they have no support from the from from the parents. You know how many any 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 girls or you know or young or boys they stand the, the she, she goes I want to I want to put the hijab on but my mother doesn't want doesn't want me to put the hijab on. You know you're still young. You know the 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 the, the, the young. You know, the young man, he wants to go out to the masjid. Oh, you're too young to go to the masjid. Go, go pray at home. You know? no. Why? Why? This is a dream come true. When your child wants Islam, why Why do you want to stop them? Why do you want to be the scar that is made you know, you know, in their hearts to hate Islam? This is the problem. And this is on the rise. And, and, and what is the solution? And, 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 and the arrogant parent that doesn't want to listen, you know, and the child, if you lose them, what's going to happen? The children either drag their parents to Jahannam or they will be the reason for their parents to enter Jannah. Why do you want to be the reason, you know, of your child, you know, you know uh, what's it called, you know, being, you know, deterring away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's guidance? This is where the issues are. Understanding the priorities. Understanding what submission is, then everything becomes easy. And when the Prophet says, What does that mean? The delight of my eyes, the coolness of my eyes, the tranquility of the heart is found in salat. What does that mean? How do you reach that? All of those little Imaniyat and adabiyat and actions of worship, a sunnah from here, a sunnah from here. That's what builds this tranquility. You know, it's all building blocks. You can't just khalas, I practice it once. You know, some of the brothers that start practicing new into Islam, they want to start praying. You know, every prayer at the masjid, they pray the sunnah, they pray the night prayer, and they start fasting. Then after a couple of months, they become tired. Islam, you got to live through. It's a life. You know, it's a lifestyle. You know, you can't just pull on the side. That's what the that's what the man-made religions are. You know, you go to the church, khalas, you know, you, you know, you do your chores and you go back to your life. This is something that the non-Muslims can't understand. Where Islam is a life. You know, the Muslim at work he has to pray. Then when he, when he goes to eat at a restaurant, he has to pray. You know, and, and then the kuffar they become and you know, stre- they they become, you know, surprised, you know, you know, you know astonished. Why? You know, that's what Islam is. Islam yeah. is a complete way of life. Way of life. Uh, Sheikh Mahmoud, uh, for being with us today. Sadly, we've run out of time. Uh, I'd like to thank you for being with us. And, and uh, just to summarize that point there, it is a school holiday, so take this advice on board that Sheikh Mahmoud gave us, especially this is in his field. Uh, establish your home upon salah. Do, do, um, do, uh, you know, do some activities together. Try to break away from being individuals in one's household, especially with these devices where you're all alone and he's there, she's there, the father's there, the mother's there. Try in this, uh, you know, in this period where you have more free time, especially with the joyous occasions of Eid coming up, make them days where you're together, where you do stuff together, where you pray together, you eat together, and you do a lot of wholesome, pure activities together building the ties upon Islam Barakallah feek once again Sheikh Mahmoud inshallah we'll have you on uh, again very very soon I'd like to thank all the brothers and sisters for being with us today and until next time Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa This program was presented by Al Bayan Radio the voice of Ahlus Sunnah wal Jama'ah